This is the Creator Smarts podcast where you will learn to leverage your online following into a profitable, future-proof education business that you control without being at the mercy of sponsors or algorithm changes. Each week we interview the world's leading creators to find out what strategies they use to diversify, stabilize and grow their businesses. I'm your host, Jan van der Aan. Hey everybody, it's your Dutch friend Jan here and you are listening to episode 117 of the Creator Smarts podcast. We're back with another interview today because today I'm talking to Liz from Talk the Streets. Now the thing is, Liz managed to build a six-figure business off YouTube in just nine months. Yes, she started about a year ago, year and three months ago, and uh, she was at zero. She didn't have anything, no following nothing not even a product and within after nine months she already made her first hundred thousand dollars which is impressive you don't hear that very often in our industry especially if you're using the audience first approach right because it takes a while to build an audience so in this interview we're really going to learn um how liz got started how she gained momentum so quickly how she built her audience and um she actually sells courses at a high price point, around $1,000. And, uh, you know, that's something new, at least in the language learning niche. I know that there is a few people out there who do it, who do sell expensive courses. Um, but most of us, you know, most language courses that you see in our industry cost between, let's say, $50, $300, right? So we're going to learn how to sell high tickets, Um the process that she uses to sell her courses and um, also of course why she decided to go after this uh, high ticket strategy so that and much more in this interview so let's get started hope you enjoy hey elizabeth welcome to the greatest smarts podcast tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do Hey, thanks so much for having me. So my name is Elizabeth, or Liz for short. Um, I am a Portuguese teacher living in Lisbon, and I recently started a YouTube channel on my own online program, and that's what I'm here to talk to you about today. Yeah, so when exactly did you start the YouTube channel? The YouTube channel actually started last March, literally the first week of the lockdown. (laughs) I'd always wanted to try YouTube. and then, yeah, when when things shut down outside, I was like, okay, this is probably a good time to lock myself in my apartment and create a lot of uh, content. Um, so, so yeah, that's how it worked out. Um, and it was really, really terrifying in the beginning yeah, <laughs> to so, to put yourself out there. Yeah, very scary. So, what exactly was so terrifying? And you know, was it really that terrifying in the end? Yeah, good question. So I actually did do um, a course to learn more about YouTube um, and in particular kind of SEO optimization as to how you could actually get discovered. Um, I'd really noticed that there was a real lack of content available for people who were learning Portuguese from Portugal. So we all know that Brazilian Portuguese, um, obviously it's a huge, huge um, country <laughs> and then a huge market of people who are learning that that variant of the language. Um, so whenever I was doing 
you know, whenever I was on YouTube kind of doing research and typing in Portuguese and seeing what came up, like it was all content from Brazil, which of course, you know, I've lived in Brazil. I absolutely love Brazilian Portuguese, but lots and lots of people were starting to relocate to Portugal because it had become such an attractive place to live. The quality of life is amazing. Obviously, you know, the digital nomad boom. Um, Lisbon, I think, is one of the places that really, really embraced that, um, as well as people retiring as well. You know, Brits and Americans have always been retiring, especially to the to the beautiful South Coast. So it just seemed like a really big void in YouTube. And so I thought, well, you know, maybe I could, you know, do this. Maybe I can kind of step into that void. Um, I'd been living in, in Portugal uh, for the for the last three years and I'd studied Portuguese for the last 15 years academically um, and I just started to kind of dedicate myself to teaching so I thought you know maybe this can be my thing <laughs> and so uh, yeah I just started to put a few simple videos together how to with practical situations like ordering a coffee getting your hair cut um, as well as a few you know videos about talking about the way that people speak in real life in the streets yeah. I actually called the channel talk the streets because I really wanted to teach in the way that people really do speak in everyday life and I think this is one of the things that traditional language schools really miss they really focus on um, you know textbook learning and the correct way of doing things and getting bogged down with grammar so early but really people who are moving to the country just really want to be able to understand what someone's saying in a coffee shop or you know when they meet somebody in the street so that was kind of how I decided I was going to be different um, and yeah, it obviously took a few weeks to kind of gain traction. But I think about six weeks in, one of my videos just really took off. And it was literally just me talking to the camera. Very simple. When you're starting YouTube, you don't need to get carried away with fancy equipment or, you know, uh, you know, a fancy storyboard. It's literally all about the content and what you're actually offering the viewer and what you're teaching. So yeah, the first video of mine that really kicked off was um, me just talking to the camera about slang and filler words. So, you know, those little words that don't really mean anything that people yeah. say all the time. <laughs> um, and yeah, it sort of, it went from there really and the channel just, just grew and grew. Yeah, because, I mean, let's take a look at the achievements so far. So you started in March, 2020. That's one year, what? One year and three or four months ago, right? Mm -hmm. um, you've built a YouTube channel with what, like twenty five thousand subscribers, twenty two, something like that. Just twenty six, just twenty six, twenty six thousand subscribers. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and you managed to build a, f a six figure business, which means mm -hmm. a business with over a hundred thousand in annual revenue within that first year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that that that's pretty crazy. So we want to learn. <laughs> We want to learn how you do that. And the um, one of the main topics that we're going to talk about today is selling high tickets, right? So can you maybe share with our audience what, what is high tickets and um, how, do you, how do you sell high ticket? What exactly do you, do you sell? Mm. So selling high ticket, I believe, is usually classified as something that's $1,000 or above. Yeah. Um, and in order to make a sale... Um, 
you know that's that's that high um you often need quite a complex application process um so rather than having somebody visit your website um and see the products that you have on offer and click buy um you actually have a kind of a nurture sequence that will um make sure that they that this product is going to be really really right for them and really really answer their pain points and frustrations and that they are exactly the type of person that you are working with um so so yeah so that's exactly what we what we put together i was always very i was always very conscious when i started my youtube channel um that i wanted to build a very niche following so i think it's really easy with youtube to get really distracted by numbers of views and numbers of subscribers especially when you think you know if you look at a video and you think oh they only had 500 views but if you visualize 500 people in a room that's actually kind of huge so i would never really minded kind of staying small in 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 quotation marks because i wanted to make sure that the people who were coming to my channel weren't just sort of surfing around and seeing what was what and having a laugh yeah. like I actually I, I'm, I do say that first and foremost I'm a teacher and so I really wanted to attract people who were really serious about learning Portuguese so I do keep my content very very specific for that and I think because of that that's why we do have a through YouTube have a constant stream of um, really really great leads who are willing to invest um, in a more high ticket product yeah why do you decide to go after high tickets? I mean, we have many uh, people in online education that are selling courses for $50, $100, $300, not so many. I don't know so many examples of uh, people that sell high tickets. Why did you decide to go for for this strategy? Well, I think like everybody else, when I started, that's what I had in mind to, to set something up that was um, a, a lower ticket offer. Um, I think what changed my mind was realizing that, first of all, I had to do something different, right? So there were a few, um, not very many, but there were a few kind of subscription-based uh, models out there. Um, there were, of course, you know, tutors out there who were doing the one-on-one thing. First and foremost, to me, I wanted to remove myself from one-on-one because not only is it very time-consuming, you kind of lose your passion if you're teaching the same thing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, so the first thing was like I wanted to move from one-on-one to being online, and then when I started looking at the different models of that I could follow of online, um, I was. I, I, I didn't really consider doing high ticket until I myself joined um, a program to actually learn how to build an online course and then use YouTube as its kind of uh, as its kind of rocket power, if you will, its fuel. Yeah. Um, so the course that I completed was called the Authority Accelerator. Mm-hmm. Um, with my kind of YouTube mentor, she's called Sunny Lenarduzzi. Mm-hmm. And I went through that program, which was very, very in detail of really, really getting to grips with who the exact person was that you were going to be teaching. So really, really identifying your ideal client. Um, and then from there, there's a kind of a real process of where you kind of do your first um 
do your first uh, course live um, and you just you ju if you can't work out how to price it just price it at $500 and see how you get on and from there you kind of take the feedback and you see how it went you really start to see the work that you put in to make that course happen um, and you start realizing that the value people were getting out of it wasn't down to the amount of hours they spent with you on the course it was everything else that went with it it was the community that they were meeting it was a chance to get you to get to ask you questions to really learn from you about your you know years and years and years and years of experience um, and I kind of realized that what I had put together was this super super you know comprehensive well-structured and fun and engaging course that takes people from not knowing their first words in Portuguese mm. up to being able to have their first conversation. Um, and I realized that it was actually much more valuable than, than, than $97 as I was thinking of, of selling it in the first place. Yeah. So that's how I kind of evolved into this, this more high ticket product. And when people have the online course, they also have the Facebook community and they also have a live session with me once a week where they can ask me questions. Um, it really did, I felt really confident by the time I'd completed that process that what I had put together was truly, truly kind of worth that, that amount. Mm -hmm. So for how, how much did you sell your first co course for the first time, when you launched it for the first time? So it was, um, when I did the first kind of pilot scheme, it was 500, um, but with a, with 350 if you signed up on the day. So it was, yeah, it was kind of like a third of the price that we sell it at now. Yeah. Um, but obviously within that time, I've learned so much. I've perfect, perfected the process and the product. More people are involved. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super proud to be able to say that I do think what I've, what I've put together really is the best thing <laughs> out there if you're taking your first steps in Portuguese. Yeah. So how do you create an expensive or a high ticket offer? And yeah, how do you make sure that it's actually worth the, uh, the money? Is that a matter of testing, getting feedback? Take us through that process. Yeah, exactly. So like I say, the first time I, I hosted the course, it was live. Um, so I was able to really gauge the feedback um, of, pe of, of the people. I didn't change a great deal when I took it evergreen, to be honest, but I did structure it a lot more intentionally. I noticed what kind of was a was, wasn't really necessary. I thought, okay, this piece should have gone a bit earlier. This piece should have come later um, and just tried to condense it into something that wasn't overwhelming. Because I think that's another mistake that people make, putting in way too much kind of information. Whereas what I try to do as well is give people a lot of self-study strategies so that they can enjoy learning by themselves. Um, so yeah, being really, really attentive to the feedback. I'm a perfectionist anyway, and like <laughs> super, super, um, super meticulous. So I, I really did make sure that everything I made was um, was very high quality. But then also, I think the personal touch is really, really important. Yeah. So at the end of the day, that is what people are paying for because you know they've seen my YouTube channel and the, and the quality of the content there that I give away for free so they know that if they come into my program I'm going to take really really good care of them and teach them really well mm -hmm. so I think for me that's another reason why I've preferred doing this higher higher value but also higher touch approach because yeah. I think if people were simply buying a product of mine I wouldn't feel that connection with the student that made me want to be a teacher in the first place and so with this I'm able to give my time to the people who come into the program 
I love hearing their stories about, you know, why they want to learn, why they're moving, why Portugal makes them happy, because that's obviously something that we have in common. But then also, you know, once a week when we have this live session, we really get to, you know, build the rapport of the group. We have a really good laugh, like I can answer, um, you know, questions um, and when I see them improving as well, it just makes my heart sore. Like it's such a wonderful feeling. And I think that that's the reason why a lot of us become educators is because we want to see, you know, we want to see that progress within people. We want to see their confidence building. And I think by doing it this way, um, it gives me the chance to to have those, those personal connections. Mm -hmm. So what exactly do people get when they sign up? And is it a cohort-based cohort course or is it on Evergreen? Do they get access to the live streams for the rest of their lives or is it a beginning day to start there? How does it work exactly? Yeah, so it's now fully evergreen. So we take we accept people on a rolling basis. So as mm -hmm. soon as they come in, um, they get their login details to the actual online portion. So yeah. um, that's around 50 video trainings um, yeah. that they get lifetime access to. Then in addition to that, they have the Facebook community where they all share tips, resources. I do weekly challenges in there for them. Yeah. Um, we just kind of let the community, um, you know, really connect and thrive. And then, yes, once a week we have um, a live. It's simply a Zoom call, a private Zoom call that they come into. Um, I um, take their questions, which they pre-submit. Um, so I'm able to put them in an order of difficulty, make sure that everybody gets their question answered, prepare really good answers. They often, uh, you know, happens into we get into spin-off conversations, mm -hmm. and and it's really nice because that means that the live portion that I do is always different. And I think that you know this fatigue of having to teach the same thing over and over again is one of the bigger difficulties for teachers. So this means that you know it's always different, it's always dynamic, it's all, and they're they're always learning something new from each other as well. So they do get access to the to the recordings of that of that live session as well. Yeah. So you're selling a program for nine nine seven, right? Maybe even more in the future. How can you compete against apps that are selling for ten dollars per month? Well, I think you have to realize that there are different products for different types of learners and there are some people who are going to be happy to use an app but we all know that you can't become fluent by learning by doing Duolingo like it's a great app and it fulfills uh you know a lot um but time and time again people come to me and say I can I can give you a, a vocabulary list of 500 words but I can't string a sentence together <laughs> so in terms of actually gaining intuition for how the language works um and you know the 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 concept of actually speaking to a human and being corrected by by a human um and interacting with other people um it's it's just it's just different so there are going to be people who want a one-on-one -on -one tutor there are going to be people who are happy learning with an app there are going to be people who want to go into a physical class and that's fine um but there are you know other people who will really really benefit from this type of approach um and i always say that this kind of hybrid model is the best of both worlds because you have the online material to do in your own time. So if you're somebody who likes apps um, and wants to do that, you know, 10, 15 minutes a day, 
you know, do this instead. <laughs> do the uh, do the online lessons. You know, I, I link to lots of apps that are really helpful for people to to mm. practice with anyway. Yeah. Um, that that gives it this kind of you know gamified concept. People can you know do it on their phone, whatever. Um, but then at the same time, it means you you do also have this the the interaction with people. You can yeah. learn from other people in the group, and you can also get attention from me, which is uh, which is you know much more helpful for people's yeah. uh, language skills so when, when you started your youtube channel you, i guess you had a you had an idea of what kind of people will be watching your channel and buy your courses right the so-called mm -hmm. customer avatar mm -hmm. um so are the people who are enrolling now are those like do they have the same kind of profile as that you had in mind no um so when i moved to portugal i was kind of one i wasn't really a digital nomad because Portugal was my destination and even though I was working remotely there you know it was I wasn't hopping around all over the place but you know those are the first people who were asking me hey listen you speak Portuguese can you teach us do you do any classes where can I find Portuguese classes and those and you know those people who were a bit younger and who were kind of coming to Portugal um gave me that were the ones who first gave me the idea um but then I realized that people who were digital nomads they don't stay <laughs> so I realized that what I was really looking for if people were going to make this level of investment um I was really looking for people who wanted to relocate and stay for good um so that became a different type of person so um older people who are retiring or um you know people who are coming with young families um but to relocate for good um, from, you know, wherever it was in the world. Um, and yeah, that became apparent quite, quite quickly from my YouTube channel when I started doing, um, I started doing lives on YouTube um, just as a, as a way to kind of get to know my subscribers and the kind of things that they would like in terms of a course. Um, and yeah, that became uh, apparent very quickly. So that's another way of kind of, um, niching down and making sure that you're if you do choose to do your high ticket product that it is actually um relevant for the people that you're that you're serving because um obviously a different it's going to be a different type of people who will choose that model yeah so portuguese is is not a niche european portuguese is well could debate whether that is a niche or not but if you make <laughs> it even more specific and you say european portuguese for um English speakers, I guess, mm -hmm, yeah. you want to move for Portugal for good. That's that's a very specific niche you got there. Are there any other people on YouTube that are doing the same thing, or do you know that? Um, well, I think the pandemic was a real catalyst for lots of people getting on YouTube and saying, "Hey, I'm a teacher. I should be doing. I yeah. should be doing YouTube." Um, so that makes a lot of sense. So there are definitely a lot more people now who are teaching um, Portuguese from Portugal, European Portuguese. Um, uh, but in terms of people, I don't think there are any other native English speakers, and I think yeah. that is that has become. Um, a real selling point for me because when I first started I thought oh no one's going to want to learn from me because I'm not a native speaker whereas actually the opposite is true again it depends on the type of person who's learning lots of people will prefer to, to learn with the yeah. native speaker but actually lots of people who are native English speakers um, excuse me for generalizing but 
um, languages are not taught very well <laughs> in in England. I have personal experience of that, um, and it seems the US as well. Like, unfortunately, languages just aren't prioritised, and because we speak English, we think, nah, okay, we don't have to bother. Um, so this means that they have a we have a real um, gap in terms of understanding how language works and how to learn another language and and how grammar works and how language is put together. Um, and I think I've become a real bridge in that sense to people because I do have that kind of technical specialist knowledge but at the same time I can understand why they're finding it hard I can understand yeah. why they're making the mistakes they're making because they're computing you know their, their source is, is is English so lots of people have told me that that's one of the reasons why they like the channel or why they like being in the program because I'm able to explain things in a way that a native speaker wouldn't necessarily um, think of because I have such a clear understanding of what their stumbling blocks are. So I would also say to anybody who's teaching a language that isn't their native language that they've actually got a, a secret weapon up their sleeve that they might not realize. <laughs> yeah. Well, talking about niches, I mean, a question that we get very often is how do you know that you have a good niche, that you have a good niche? And we always say that you've good, you're in a good niche if your niche is so small that you're automatically the best in <laughs> yeah. it because you're the only one in the niche, I'm right? The only one. Yeah, and, and I would I would say that that's exactly what it is. Like I don't, and I, I guess I guess maybe I also have a bit of an unusual story in terms of you know having chosen Portugal and uh, and that kind of thing. But but yeah, it 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 I was really um, I was really really keen to do something that was kind of different. And I think the fact that I do teach in English, it's not ideal for people doing intermediate level, obviously. Mm -hmm. So again, part of my niche is that I teach absolute beginners yeah. because I think that people get so put off um, being taught in Portuguese. Again, not everybody. Some people like that. Um, but some people are so scared of taking their first steps in the language that as soon as somebody starts teaching and they're not even speaking English they go oh I can't I can't deal with this so something that I I always try and do as well is just make people feel at ease and really ease them into um ease them into taking their their first steps in the language um and and I think that's something that people really appreciate and it comes across so well on YouTube that is the amazing power of YouTube when people come to me they feel like they know me already um and that can be a bit strange for me sometimes um but it can also be really really special and so it's really really nice when you welcome people into the program who've been following you for a year on youtube and are just really really excited to to learn from you it's a it's just a, a really really nice nice atmosphere why did you move to portugal i moved i actually did a video on this last week <laughs> i moved to portugal because um so i'm from london And I will always love London, but I got to the age of 30 and realized I was never going to save any money. Um, Brexit was looming um, and I thought I needed a change. Everybody, uh, all of my friends kind of were disappearing off to the suburbs uh, and getting married and having babies. And I thought, damn, I better do something different here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'd already done Erasmus in Portugal. I'd lived in Brazil and, and taught there. Um, so I knew I wanted to go uh, to one of those two places. Brazil ended up just being a little bit far. So I thought, yeah, Portugal could be a really great um, idea. So I came in 2015 to just kind of dip my toe and 
see if I could possibly live here and I absolutely loved it so from then on I was like right I'm moving to Portugal so it take a, it took a couple of years to make it happen but um but yeah um once I got here in 2017 it was the best decision of my life like not only did I just meet amazing people especially a very entrepreneurial group of people I might I, I definitely wouldn't have ended up doing what I'm doing now if I hadn't have moved here yeah um uh, yeah, it was just—it's just such a special place to be, and it's—it's that um, the quality of life in in Portugal is is really wonderful because, you know, we have an amazing coastline, we have amazing weather, we have amazing food and drink. Um, people are very friendly. Um, you know, it's it's a happy place to be. <laughs> how, how is the entrepreneurial climate there? Because I have I do have quite a few friends who moved to Portugal. Um, also run online businesses tell us a little bit about the kind of people you meet there and how they have inspired you yeah I mean I think it is down to this whole fact that Lisbon became such a hub for digital nomads so you do meet a ton of people um, not only international people but also Portuguese people as well who are really into the idea of making um, Portugal more friendly to um, startups and investors and and, and foreign businesses etc um, so yeah it was really really exciting because you know I'd only ever done <laughs> kind of nine to five jobs I was um, a PR consultant for many years um so when I started kind of seeing what people were doing you know people were doing online courses or people um had their own business doing x y and z um and I just thought huh maybe that's maybe that is something I could do <laughs> so you know there's absolutely no shortage of well especially pre-pandemic there was no shortage of you know meetups and masterminds and events where you could um yeah. go and get involved in this in this type of thing um and and learn I mean the best the, the you know I've already mentioned it but the best teacher I had was you know Sunny with all of the YouTube stuff because I just didn't know where to start and it is amazing now that you can via YouTube find a mentor um and who can give you a kind of blueprint um because I don't I think if it hadn't been for that actual program that I that I did I, I I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now yeah can you share maybe with our audience some of the things that you've learned from uh from Lizzie right from from your mentor um I mean you have this idea you, you know that you want to teach uh, Portuguese online and you know that you want to do it on YouTube then where do you go from there like how did you come up with uh, a content schedule for example how do you mm. decide on on the topics what was the growth strategy what were some of the things that you learned from sunny from, it's on sunny yeah yeah um yeah so i mean i guess i found sunny the way people find me so um i went onto youtube and was kind of looking about you know how to start a channel how to sell an online course and and the way the way she spoke and 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 her actual story really you know resonated with me and I really identified with it and I think that's by extension the way people find me and the way people feel about me now because I do tell a lot about my personal story and talk about my personal experience um and therefore that's how kind of you know people end up being the right fit if they if they really really like that um so yeah so the first course I took of hers was called YouTube for bosses and I would highly recommend it for anybody who's starting out because like I say it's so easy to get distracted by things that don't matter when it comes to YouTube but if you um 
if you can be really hyper focused on the person that you want to help and making videos that are super, super relevant for that person, um, then that's where you've got to start. So, so it really starts with knowing who you're trying to help um, and then by extension, what exactly they want to learn. So um, it talks you through how to do kind of keyword research so that we know exactly um, how many people are searching for a particular topic. For myself, it was pretty easy because, you know, as we've discussed, European Portuguese is quite small when it comes to YouTube. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of how we, I come up with, with, with content ideas, for a while, you, it was just kind of testing. So she recommends doing um, eight videos to kind of test your strategy that's kind of based on what people are searching for. And from there, you'll have clear winners in terms of what people did actually like and share and watch. So as I mentioned before, for me, it became very much about um, you know, real life Portuguese, the way people really yeah. speak. Why can't I understand people? Why do they speak so yeah. fast? What's this word that gets chopped off? Um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So rather than going down the traditional route of, you know, this is what gender is and this is what adjectives are, and, you know, just, just being really, really, um, I, I realized from the testing phase that I did that this was what people were really interested in. So once you see something that works, you recreate it. So one of the strategies she talks about is how if you have a video that does super well, which I did, the first one that really took off was called Understand Fast Portuguese, because this is one of the things yeah. that people talk about all the time. It's way too fast. I can't decipher the words. So I did a video on that that kind of um, got picked up. Um, a lot by the algorithm so I actually repeated it this year but I did a way better job <laughs> in terms of everything in terms of the content um, the the kind of academic piece behind it in terms mm. of the actual production of the video yeah. um, and that's had 70,000 views in one month um, yeah. and that was really based on just looking back at what had worked for me yeah. um, and, and doubling down on that and improving it um, yeah. so so that's kind of a lot of where that comes from yeah so yeah that seems to be the proven strategy right you try out a bunch of stuff and then you double down on, on what's working but on top mm -hmm. of that of course you also want to make sure that what you're doubling down on actually is aligned with the product that you're selling on the back absolutely um, right so i guess yeah i guess it's it's time to talk about the the sales process right because mm. people think ah Nice, good to know that you know it's it's possible to sell expensive courses also in the uh, in the language niche. But talk us a little bit about the process because I guess uh, it's hard to sell at such a high price point just over email, right? Or mm. in the description of your YouTube video. So yeah, tell us how you do it. Yeah, absolutely. So everybody who comes to meet, mostly people come via YouTube. Um, they will have um, watched a video or downloaded a, a free resource that I've created. And most people will go to a webinar. So on the webinar, it's um, a really, really good taster session of the way that I teach in the course so that I can be really sure that people are going to be the right level. So yeah. that's the most important thing because, of course, if you were just, again, it comes comes back to niching down. If you were teaching everybody, <laughs> you'd be overwhelmed and you can't, you, can't, you can't serve everybody. You can't help everybody. So I really, really focused on beginners. So that, that webinar, if people enjoy that and thought, wow, I, I want to have more than that, I have to have her as my teacher, um, that's when they will be um, invited to an application call. So on the application call, 
um, we get to know them. We talk through why they're learning, um, what their kind of motivation is, why they're interested in this course, um, what their goals are, uh, what they've tried before, what hasn't worked. <laughs> and then, you know, finally actually explaining how the course works yeah. and being really, really sure that somebody's willing to take on that amount of self-study. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's another it's another really nice step that just allows us to, to get to know people um, and be sure that when, because, you know, it's really important for my peace of mind <laughs> to know that what I'm selling people is actually going to be useful to them. So, you know, some people will join um, a, a call and they'll say actually this isn't what I'm looking for or actually uh, you know actually we think you're going to be too advanced for this this is going to be too easy for you you know whatever it is if if my program isn't the solution I'm not going to try and sell it to them so I will then give them other tips other resources of how they can continue their journey um, it, but it just won't necessarily be with me yeah. so um, that's obviously time intensive um, so uh, but you know, we think it's just really, really worth it because people will get so much, people get so much free value out of the free resource, the, the, the webinar, and then the call with me, even if it doesn't, uh, mean that they join the program, they'll then have actionable tips that they can take on to actually improve. Um, even though it's not with, with my course. Yeah. Wasn't it scary to sell over the phone for the first time? terrifying <laughs> absolutely yeah i mean i if you'd have told me five years ago that you'll grow up to be a salesperson i would say you're mad but it it makes all the difference if you're selling something that you really believe in and i so passionately believed i literally put my whole heart and soul into making this program and i really do think that people if they if they are willing to do the work and they are you know the, the right fit for the program, then I do believe that what I've produced is going to really, really help them. And when we hear those stories of, you know, it's like light bulbs have gone off for the first time. I understand things thanks to this course, you know, all of those things. That's what makes you get on the next call and the next call and the next call because it stops being about sales and it's more about um, serving people and actually thinking, okay, well, last week I found 10 people who've really benefited from this. How many can I find this week? Um, and also just kind of not taking it personally when it isn't a fit for somebody. Cause like we've said at the beginning, you know, some people will need a different learning style and that's okay <laughs> because we can't have everyone in the program anyway. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it was definitely, definitely very, very scary. And it was just a case of having to kind of bite the bullet and just, and just realize it wasn't going to be the end of the world if it didn't go well um and that's and that's another reason why it's really really helpful to join some kind of program where you're with other people that you can kind of share those <laughs> highs and lows with i remember one sales call i did when i very first started um and when i told him the price he laughed and i was devastated i thought that's it I'm cancelled, um, never talk to me again. Um, but actually, I didn't panic. We talked about it and he bought it the next day and no, he's still really, really active to this day. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, I think when you've had a few experiences like that and you, and you start to realize, actually, I am the expert and I know what is going to help people. Um, and actually, if I'm telling them that, that they're a good fit and they should join, it's it's because it's true. Um, and when you have these conversations, people and you kind of bring them around because, you know, people are used to learning a language in a certain way. And this model doesn't necessarily always fit that. Um, but once you talk to them about it, 
um, and and kind of explain that you know listen we've created this program for people exactly like you and people exactly like you have come in have come in and and now having you know conversations with native speakers if that's where you want to be then you know this is what we can help you with yeah. um you you know it the proof is in the pudding you know the more people who who go through the program and and see the the results the more you'll believe um in yeah, your, the more in testimonials your you have and easier easier it becomes to to sell it right <laughs> yeah yeah do you do you remember your the, the first time you you made a sale and uh, how did it feel yeah, so I remember, well, the first time I ever made any kind of sale online was when I was just doing, you know, very, very short um, courses. And I remember kind of putting it live and then just leaving the computer and going to do some like yoga stretches to take my mind off it because I was so nervous about like what was going to happen. Um, but then, yeah, I came back to the computer and like five people had bought it. So that felt amazing. Um, and then, and then yeah, the once I started selling this way, um and and people started to you know just kind of start to buy and start to be excited um it rubs off on you and you feel and you feel the same so it's it's definitely very rewarding um when you're when you when you know that you're helping people achieve something that they've just really struggled with um and and that they need your help Mm. what do you think is a good close ratio or a close percentage for these uh, sales calls i mean what should somebody expect if they want to sell high ticket if they want to sell over skype should they be happy with a 20 percent closing rate yeah so i mean yeah 20 percent, i think is the kind of standard that people say is is good enough um we've managed to get ours to about 45 now um which is which is really great and we're really really happy with that um but yeah that's what it comes down to i mean i worked in pr before as well where i had to be on the phone this time selling stories to journalists and uh, it can be really difficult when you keep getting no's but if you have one yes for every five calls um it it's in it really is enough to keep you going and and, the, and it is a case of kind of sitting down and doing the numbers and saying well you know what are my income goals what are we trying to achieve here and work backwards from there in terms of the numbers of calls you have to do and and once you know what your close rate is you'll be able it's actually scarily accurate now for us um we know how many kind of calls we need to to book in in a month to be able to to get to where we where we need to get to um and so yeah so i think i do think above 20 percent is is something good um but yeah i think for us we want to keep our our 40 percent as much as we can (laughs) do you do you sometimes wonder whether you you would sell more courses or make more money if you would just sell courses for let's say 300 dollars on autopilot without having to do the sales calls you ever think about that i think about it i mean right now basically i feel like to to sell a course at that price, I would have to completely separate it from the other things I've created, like the community and the live aspect. Um, And for me, I think that people will get much, much better results if they participate in all of those things. Um, So at the moment, I've kind of convinced myself that that's not something I I plan to to do. Um, In terms of making more money, I think... um, I think, again, it comes down to knowing what you need from your business as well, because I think it's so easy to burn out 
uh, on these things and to lose interest in these things if they're not also fulfilling something within you yeah. as well. And I think for me, having the interaction of the application calls, having mm. the interaction of the live section um, and, you know, having more of a connection with my students than I would if people were simply just kind yeah. of buying the course. Yeah. Um, at the moment, for me, that feels right and what I need to do. Yeah. Um, it could change in the future. I don't know. It's, we're still in the first year of the business, so I don't know how it's going to evolve. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's obviously something that kind of plays on, on your mind. There's At the end of the day, there's lots of different ways to make money. It just depends what kind of lifestyle you want and what you need from your business in order to feel fulfilled, I think. Yeah. All right. So if we wrap this up, then what, how could you summarize like the advice for... Um, for anybody who's out there who wants to start on YouTube, who wants to grow quickly like you did from zero to 25K in almost a year, um, creating a course, selling high tickets, what kind? What are some of the tips that you would have given yourself, like the two-year younger version of yourself? <laughs> um, so first of all, it's all it is all about how to differentiate yourself and and choose your niche like it's so important not to just go out there and do something that other people are doing um because you'll end up just a drop in the ocean like it's very very important to do that work up front of let's look at what's available and how am I going to make myself different I think that's the the first thing plus it is super obvious when you copy other people <laughs> um so it's just not worth doing so that would be the first one. The second one would be getting a mentor um, because it's the same with, with somebody who wants to learn a language from scratch. They need me to give them the pathway and to be their cheerleader, right? So I think that getting a mentor from somebody who has done this um, or who is an expert at building courses like Sunny is, then that's also a really, really good step. Um, and the third piece of advice would be to not let your imposter syndrome get, syndrome get the better of you <laughs> because so much of being an entrepreneur is a mind game and a mindset shift um, and having to just believe in yourself and keep going and know why you're doing it. So for me, um, I'm, I'm doing this because I felt like the content didn't exist and it was something that I wanted to kind of provide for the world. But at the same time, I wanted a sustainable business that was going to set myself up and my and my family up. So, um, yeah, be really clear about kind of why you're you're doing it and 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 don't let yourself talk yourself out of how great you are, because you are you are great <laughs> and you can yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what is the future of the business? Are you going to sell courses for at the even higher price points or organize like exclusive Portuguese retreats in the, in the south Ooh. of Portugal? Um, anything else that, that that sounds interesting um so yeah i mean right now we are we have our heads buried um working hard on updating the current course so the current course is the beginner's course um in future i'm interested in creating more content for people who want to sit the exam for citizenship so mm. everybody who wants to become a citizen in portugal has to sit uh, a, a, an exam to make sure they have a basic level so i'm planning on creating something around that and I will possibly do an intermediate course that will kind of be the progression um, from this beginner's course as well. Um, but right now we're super focused on just perfecting this one product we have, um, keeping keeping the channel alive and just, yeah, just generally sharing the love of 
Portugal online and also branching out to to showing people other Portuguese speaking territories. Um, once it's easier to travel, um, I really hope that we'll be able to create content that will teach people about other types of Portuguese as well. Um, so yeah, the list is endless. There's so many exciting things that we can be doing. So yeah, watch this space and follow Talk the Streets on YouTube. <laughs> well, exciting. Liz, if people want to learn more about you and if they want to see some of your work, where can they go? So, um, as, as I mentioned, the place I'm most active is YouTube. I have a new video every Tuesday. Um, so if you just search for Talk the Streets, um, you'll find me there. If you want to find out um, more about my course, which is called Portuguese Pro, um, you can visit um, portuguesepro.com um, or talkthestreets.com forward slash pro. Um, I'm on Instagram too. Um, so, yeah. Those are all the places you'll find more about me. <laughs> You're going to check it out. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode. And if you like this episode, then please give it a positive rating in whatever podcast app that you're using. And if you want to listen to other interviews or just learn more about what we do, then make sure to go to our website, creatorsmart.com. See you on the next episode. Ciao.